0: Sri speaks of four great events, the siege of Troy, which created Hellas, the crucifixion of Christ, and he says Christ from his cross humanized Europe, the exile of Sri Krishna from Vrindavan, which created devotional religion. Before that, there was only meditation and concentration. And finally, the colloquy on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, which he says will yet liberate humanity. To this list, we may well add these aphorisms we know were written around 1912, 1913, 1914, up to 1918. So we may add that there are two more events which surpass in their significance all that has happened so far one is the coming together of the Mother and Shurbindo, As mentioned in Savitri, it's the matrix of a new time which started, the conception of a new idea force, which began to be serialized through the Arya. A new possibility that began to stir the mind and heart of Earth. Beautifully, the Mother mentions in one of her diary notes, I think it's 25th uh, September, 1914, O Divine Mother, thou art with us. So, there is a concrete assurance that she is here now upon earth. And then she mentions a new light shall break upon the earth, a new world shall be born, the things that were promised shall be fulfilled. Much later, she would ask Amal Kiran to bring this peace. Strike off, Shelby, and say, a new light is born, a, a new world is born. The things that were promised are fulfilled. So she, this is of course in April 1956 that she gave this message. We you know supramental descent took place on 29th February. So this is the second great event which took place. First was the coming together of Mother and Shubindo which was a promise for the future, a new possibility. And 29th February, which was a decisive movement towards actualizing. It made the possibility concrete, so much so that the mother declares that it is a living fact, not no more a promise, but a concrete reality. And a day will come when everyone, even the most blind, the most unconscious, will be able to recognize it. Of course, the problem with all divine issues is that there is a big time between the Tathastu and the actual visible effects that human beings can see. When mother was asked how much time will this take? Mother said initially <laughs> wait for a few thousand years. <laughs> and naturally everybody was very disheartened. So she uh, After a few more talks, she said, Well, when I said this, many of you were disheartened. She gives a reason because human beings live in a very small lifespan. So few thousand years is like... But really speaking, if we look back and see when the mind came into existence and the first humanoids and so many abortive humanoid species from the Cro-Magnons to the Neanderthals and finally Homo sapiens erectus. Many thousands years passed before even the first semblance of a man could manifest on earth. And then another several, several, several thousands before humanity is as it is today contemplating a newer dawn, a greater dawn. So at one level it's perfectly fine and I have my own little way to look at it. Well, if it is 10,000 years, it means we have 10,000 years of serving the mother. And many more moments of loving her. <laughs> so it's so beautiful. It's fine. <laughs> because once one is on the uh, in the divine service, then there is no time. In fact, uh, one wishes that, well, endlessly one can serve. That's the only joy that one has. But that apart, the mother felt the pain and agony of her children. So she said, I want to clarify myself after a few talks. She said, people thought that I am talking about the birth of the superman. She said, no, that is round the corner. I have spoken about the effects to be visible to all. The message that she gave that the most unconscious, the most blind, that will take a few thousand years. At the same time, she says, but those who are in contact in some way or the other, through the psychic door, with this new world, they can already feel, begin to feel, this new world which is in the shaping. And that completes the whole thing that basically if you want to experience, see this new world and have the joy of collaborating and participating in it, we need. there is a door, we need to exchange this cataract eyes. One surgery is required, we are born with cataract in the eyes the cataract of ignorance and uh, the divine does a very nice surgery he doesn't give anesthesia he does it without any uh, knife he does it purely through the laser beam of his light you know and does it very beautifully like a real divine surgeon i am reminded of this of a little diary note of nalnida when You know, he goes to dining room and say, it's an inspiration for the sad, you know, for all of us. How these people have gone through the path. So the size of the lemon was becoming smaller and smaller. And Nolida feels in his mind that, oh, uh, I wish I could have two. He doesn't ask it. He could have easily asked it. People would have been glad to give him four. Instead, he writes a letter to Sherbindo. I had this arch to ask for. More lemons. Lord, with a butcher's knife, take away this feeling in me. the <laughs> writes back, take away, yes, but why with a butcher's knife? Surely the divine can do better. How about using a surgeon's scalpel? So it's so true that the divine removes this cataract without even our knowing it, and we begin to grow into that consciousness. So this is the second event. And this with this second event, there is a whole new world which has come into existence. Now, we talk about transformation as something hanging in air and in a void. But if you look at the whole past of earth, it has prepared itself for this day. That's why the mother used the word, the things that were promised. She was asked, promised to whom? She said, you don't know. What it has been prophesied Sri passingly in one of his poems In the Moonlight mentions What John of Patmos saw What Shelley dreamed Vision and vain imagination deemed The city of delight The day of God That's how she has called it The day of the Lord And it raises a small little question That well Why this particular day is day of the Lord The day of the Lord is every day Every moment is a day of the Lord. We see a clue in one of her messages where she says on her 80th or 81st birthday, maybe 82nd, I think 80th. Let's settle on 80th where she says to celebrate the birth of a transitory body can satisfy some faithful feelings. To celebrate the birth of the eternal can be done at every moment. This is what we have been doing when we speak about the divine is everywhere in everything. This is how we can celebrate that. But to celebrate the advent of a new world, of a new consciousness is an exceptional and rare privilege. She rates it as something greater than all that we have experienced so far. And that becomes obvious when we see the world's spiritual history. It is not the first time that people have come in contact with the divine. Several times in the past, mystics, seers, in some way or the other, have experienced the divine. But this experience has been, one, largely an individual experience. And if at all, it was attempted at a larger level, it was for a select few through a select path. shubindu speaks of this in Savitri, where he says that a door is shown a way of hard escape, it's an exit door is shown, through which humanity scrambles through. And even there, if you really look at the movements, many movements have come around the great personalities, Krishna, Christ, Buddha. And how much, if we are really sincere, followers is a different thing, followers are many, but very few who really are able to even breathe a little of that consciousness which they represented. Because it's not so simple as that. It's a, it's the manifestation, and to walk that path is a big, uh, big gap between we, as we stand here today, and the consciousness that they represented. So beautifully, there's a story of Guru Nanak where you know people tell him that you have so many followers. He says, "Oh, you want to? Be, you really believe it?" So his close disciple says, "Yes, yes, you have. I can see this whole village. Everybody follows you." He's okay, let's see how many follow me. So next day he starts walking and everybody knows that he is going on a journey. So everybody joins. What a joy to be with the master. So as they go farther and farther, the way becomes difficult. And he also grows his beard, looks fierce. And half the people say, I think he has gone crazy. They drop by. Then as he goes further and further, it's still more difficult. At the end of the road, there is one follower who remains, who had asked him the original question. So he said, now you can see how many followers I have. So we have been creating this. There has been following, mass followings, religions, sects, etc. But this is not going to solve the problem of the earth. So this is the first thing that there have been individual contacts with the divine. But these contacts have been largely individual. And this is one big difference because Shurbindo wants this to become a collective process. This is a collective yoga, but collective yoga again is not having too many followers, but those who are few, they become representatives of the many. So each one is like a conduit, and if one person changes, so many will change who correspond to that type. And we can see in Shurbindo's letters. Let us return to different types of personalities and different types of people, and they are representative, uh, and through them, the whole work goes on. So, we don't have to really gather a huge crowd. Small is uh, good enough, and that's what Shubindra and the mother always asserted. Then, the second difference is that all these experiences that we had were in the ground of the inner being. This is something, uh, you know, even now, human beings have a fascination for inner experiences. They compare visions and voices. I had this vision, and then starts a door of spiritual competition. You had this vision, okay? I had another one, still greater. And then there is a great story about how many visions one had. And some poor fellows are thinking, "Why oh, I don't have any visions? I don't hear any voices. Am I a backward scholar on divine's you know classroom?" Well, no, not at all. We are not here for this. Humanity has experienced this kind of a thing for long, long time. Shovinda himself, who had gathered all the experiences which were possible through yoga in a traditional way, has this to say after coming to Pondicherry. We know that he had experience of the Advaita, the experience of the vacant infinite, the experience of the Godhead emerging out and the experience of Kali as the living world mother, so much so that... You know, he had given himself in the lap of the world mother. It's documented. Even before coming to Pondicherry, he could see the gods. He had the experience of nirvana, uh, all that pranayam do. Then, of course, vasudevam Sarvamiti, All kinds of experiences which are rarest of the rare. And still he writes that these experiences that I had were just a preparation. And I find it a very amazing, you know, that Shobindu would write like this, that these are just, people would die lifetimes to have just a glimpse of the divine. And he is writing, these are just a preparation. The real work is yet to be done. And then he says that, yes, there are many people who, are, who have these experiences, Advaita experience and this experience and that experience. But this is not what I have come here to do, to add to that line of experiences. Because they are taking place in the ground of the inner being. We have to withdraw far into some inmost Himalaya of our being to get a glimpse. And it is wonderful. It is difficult, no doubt. But that doesn't solve the problem. If the divine is the only reality, why shouldn't we breathe naturally the divine as we breathe this air? And the mother did say that later on that, you know. By the very fact that you are present on earth today, you breathe a different atmosphere. We may not always be conscious of it just as we are not conscious of the oxygen. So this was their work that not in the ground of inner being but in the very outer material consciousness the play of the divine freely and without any hindrance. And that's what she mentions in the agenda in 1970. She says that this is the old division created by the mind. Always it says you may have the finest experiences in your inner being. But the outer field will remain just as it is unchanged. And then she says, assures us, but the change is done. Then she says, it will take a long time, as they say, for it to be worked out in all its details. So this has been done. In fact, the mother took the yoga much farther than. 1956 we know of 1956 and celebrate the day the many days that followed which are worth celebrating for instance in 1958 she gave a message that mother nature has decided to collaborate this was one step ahead so she was asked what does it mean that nature has decided to collaborate she said it means that earlier she was not accepting the new consciousness it has come it's like you know somebody comes to the house and nobody likes nobody gives food to eat nobody takes the part. nobody gives a room or a place then what will happen Either the person will go away, that is what been happening till before 1956, several times the supermind would descend, but would not stay with matter. The first time, mother documents that when she met Shirobindo, this was a question in her mind. That we were seeing things in the supermind, will they materialize? And Shirobindo said yes, and immediately she saw the supermind descend. Several times the supermind would descend in his body and the mother's. And if they wanted, they could have taken this route of supramentalizing themselves. But they didn't take this route. Earth has to be ready. Matter has to be ready. It must receive and change as a consequence. So we see that in 1958, she says, I identified myself with nature and I began to understand her play. So nature told, look, you know, um, it's okay, it's a new thing which has come, but I'm enjoying my play. Don't uh, disturb me. I'm, I'm enjoying it. i will take me a thousand years. Let me play for a thousand years. So she said, okay. She started playing with nature, becoming one with nature. This was the big challenge for her. Several times when sadhaks would say that, I think mother has put pressure on me. That's why I'm experiencing this or that. Srivabinda says, mother never puts pressure on sadhaks. She only gives them love. She puts pressure on nature. Because nature, is is not, you know, about these small little individuals here and there putting pressure. She puts pressure on nature. And we feel the repercussions sometimes. And, but to Sadhak, she unfolds in the arms of love. She knows that, you know, we can't bear pressure of even the mental consciousness, leave aside pressure of the supramental consciousness. So, in 1958 onwards, she said, Now the children who will come they will be born with this new substance integrated. Because when she started playing with nature, she started slowly bringing this new substance and nature said, Ah, this is making the play more interesting. It's nice. I'm enjoying it. She discovered that it's a joy. It's not something very difficult. That's what happens when we read Sri and the Mother. Oh my God, such a difficult path. But as we begin to walk, we experience such delight, such joy. Of course, catching it by the right end. By the right end is being psychically open to the mother. If the wrong end is very scholarly, mentalized, highly intellectual approach, then of course, it's very, very difficult. You know, every step is. (laughs) But by the right end. Then one discovers what a delight it is. So nature began to accept this new consciousness. And therefore, she said, now all the children who will be born will be born with this. uh, It's my own uh, language, with this new chip integrated with their software. This part. (laughs) So they are going, now you know, the game plan has changed. We don't have to worry about the minister sitting in parliaments. All that we need is to worry about how best we can rise up to the level of these children. Not fall below because people, how to go to their level. So later on mother would say how to to rise up to their level. Because they are born with something else. So in mystic traditions, there is something called as second birth. Baptism, born anew, Dvij in Indian tradition, where after a certain period of time you are taken to a priest and you are initiated. But these children are born anew from their very birth. And it's going to storm this world. We cannot even imagine these children as they are going to grow up. Already we see the first repercussions all over the world. No place is an exception. Where they are revolting, rebelling, they are trying all kinds of things. They are rising up in huge numbers. It's an uprising which is beyond our comprehension. So this is another thing that was done post-1956, worth celebrating. Then of course we know the great experience in 1960 and the mother said, Then the whole yoga has changed. All that I wrote before 1956. She started feeling that all that is very childish. Now, for us, that is wonderful. But then she says, 1960 onwards, the whole yoga changes. This beautiful experience of Krishna coming and playing a trick with mother on 29th February 1960. Suddenly, he appeared in gold in mother's room and said, You see, you won't have a place to sit. Now, you know, when Krishna plays tricks, there is a logic behind it. So, mother said, Okay, he is going to come. So she had told all the disciples, please don't disturb the atmosphere. And you know, I'll come and say what is to be done, where things have to be kept. But disciples are always very faithful. So they have, you know, already by then everything is arranged. (laughs) And already there is a queue waiting. So when mother comes, she says, I was not very happy with this scenario because I had told them. But nevertheless, instantly she said, now Krishna is going to come and Krishna is sitting on the chair. So where does mother sit? she vanished and she was suddenly everywhere and nowhere and then for that entire period she has that experience when she is sitting that Krishna is giving the medals and she is everywhere and nowhere so this was Krishna's trick that can you do this annul thyself this is the line mother said which I was reminded from Savitri the lesson that Krishna gave and it's a take home point for all of us for this yoga Annul thyself that only God may be. The more we remember ourselves, cling to our little personalities, our little problems or big problems, of course they are always big to all of us and our issues, our name, our fame, our this or that, then God has no room. Supermind, Mother says, is too vast, it cannot find place because we are like a small little pin, pinhead. So this is the secret that she gave. Then, of course, we know 67, she said that it has entered into a realizing power. 69, another very important day when she says 1st January, this new consciousness descended. And since then, she started saying it has become, it has assumed the role of a mentor. And this consciousness is beginning to now guide humanity as a mentor. It's a mentor consciousness, very benevolent. And with that started the coming of the superman. So when we really look at the events, one event which I have forgotten, 13th to 14th April 1962, where she went one step further because truth has to lay its base for love and ananda to come. This is the real work, ultimately love and ananda, but without truth's base, but first high truth must put its base upon earth because without that it's not possible, it degenerates into all kinds of things. So in 1962, on the night of 13th April 14th, she had an experience of the yoga of the world, where divine love was permeating this world, penetrating this world. So really if we look at it, we, the mother has gone so far in preparing this whole world, done thousands of years of tapasya and preparing it for us, and for us it just to receive, that's it. So, this second difference is that now these experiences will begin to take place in the most outer material waking consciousness. This is a big difference between Shobindo's yoga and other yogas. One of the things that mother asked when she came was that what is this trance that yogis are supposed to have experienced in India? I have not experienced it. And Shobindo says, Nor have I. <laughs> Sounds very interesting. <laughs> And then he says that even in the highest consciousness, I was always aware of the waking consciousness. It is literally how Brahman operates. It's Chatushpad. All the four layers are simultaneous in the divine. That's what the word Om conjures. That all the three states and the fourth which encompasses them are simultaneously present. So all that story about trance going within, now we have to experience the play of the divine consciousness in the most material, everyday life, outer life, the most outward things. In the body, the body itself is beginning to open up and receive this new light, this new consciousness. So the whole direction has to change. That's why the path that came later was, uh, that the mother gave was, open, receive this new consciousness. Come in contact with it. All the rest, she says, is gamoria. All the rest is an illusion. All these nice things, experiences, it's of no importance at all. If we have it, fine. They enrich the consciousness. They don't transform it. The real thing is opening and receiving the divine. And that is what she says is a rare and exceptional privilege, which is now possible to mankind. Sitting anywhere, just walking on the path with this thirst. And suddenly one can experience while walking, a great peace descending. It's unimaginable. That How is it possible? or while walking like shurbindo is walking up and down in the jail to experience the sense of the divine suddenly coming alive through everything through the most material objects this is the kind of yoga which is there which the path that has been opened for the future so these are the two cardinal cardinal differences between shurbindo's yoga and this yoga and the traditional yoga and lastly the the, the experience of the divine, the not only it has been there in the ground of the inner being and the soul, but it has uh, led to a kind of eventual withdrawal because it's so powerful. There is such a big difference between this world and that. One is born into this world with even a little touch of the divine consciousness, little awakening. One feels so, oh, it's a, such a hopeless world. In fact, the mother said, this is one of the first things that people will experience As they start on the path As long as they are enjoying it They are feeling it's wonderful It's still a way to go They'll feel it naturally What is this world? Even with all its riches All that it can give How ephemeral How transient it is So this is because We don't see a free play of the divine in the world But with time to come Even the gods will want to take birth in this world Because we will get something here which won't be found anywhere. So one will no more want to escape or, you know, this is very interesting that all these temples, uh, churches, mosques, everything is slowly, it's going to disintegrate. And the reason for that is very simple. The reason is that God has got bored of sitting in the temple. And being worshipped with all the Sometimes it's such a you know painful thing. Imagine sitting in a place for 24 hours with all these dhupam and agarbatti, I mean with symbols. He can't even run away. <laughs> the devotees will keep on coming. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was a nice story I heard about uh, You know, mother used to give darshan and naturally people would rush to her and receive something. Now you see how the bhaktas can have different bhavas. So one person would not go. And he was also a Bhakta. So, um, he was asked that, why why don't you go? He said, no, uh, you know what, I see every time mother picking up a blessing packet and giving me, picking up a flower and giving. I start wondering so many times, she is doing hundreds of times, how much her hand would pain. I don't want to add to her pain. Now this is something amazing. (laughs) I don't want to add to her pain. She is constantly doing this. It's a very painful thing, you know, every time doing this. So God has decided to change the plan. You know, there is a nice story in Indian thought of Jagannath. And Sri speaks about this story of the chariot of Jagannath, which is symbolic of what we are going to experience in days to come. So the story goes that Lord Jagannath stays in his temple, which is a whole long story. Uh, He stays all the days, but one day he steps out. Maybe for a few days, uh, some people may say he steps out, then goes to his uh, aunt's place and then comes back. Now when he steps out, now you see the symbol of it. Normally one enters the temple, goes into the sanctum, sanctorum and then has the Lord's you know, vision. Now, he has come out. So, this is a different uh, league altogether. So, when he comes out, everybody all have gathered, pulling the chariot and obviously suddenly there is an occasion to tell him all our foes we don't have to go, he has come. Like the king coming and saying, okay, tell me what you need. So, it's a story but uh, very symbolic and Shubhinda has written on this that what are the four wheels of the chariot of Jagannath. And then he says, which is so true that only for a few days... The real chariot of Jagannath is yet to be built. That real chariot, because this is a symbol, and when the society will be founded on this real chariot, on unity, on brotherhood, on love, on freedom, this will be the real chariot. And of course, the mother did build this chariot. That chariot is of course Auroville, whose birthday we celebrate today. This is the new chariot of Jagannath. And the divine has stepped out now into the forefront of the human play. So he's no more behind. Instead of constantly trying to find him within, we can breathe him, we can feel him in every little activity. And the more we do it, the more we will receive and rejoice and grow and the change will come. How long will it take? This question has uh, probably an academic interest <laughs> and we should not get into that there's a nice little poem of sharabindo which mother has read out beautifully in her own voice maybe that is that indicates uh, what has been done on this day and it's called one day the little more one day and all the half dead is done of course there are a lot of debates on whether it is dead or deed and both apply it doesn't matter <laughs> half dead is this subcon, this is the latest uh, edition uh, Some people say in the beginning it is half deed Half deed means what, is, um, what was not yet done is completed But it applies also to half dead Done, like we say you know, I am done with my meals So half dead is done Half dead is that phantoms of the past That were lurking in the shadows of our nature In the subconscious memory Now it is changed, all the half dead is done One day and all the unborn begun The new consciousness Waiting to be born one day, and all the unborn began a little path and the great goal, a touch that brings the divine whole. Hill after hill was climbed and, and now the great tremendous brow hill after hill was climbed and now behold, the last tremendous brow the great rock that none has trod, a step And all is sky and God. So this rock is the rock of material consciousness, which was not allowing the divine consciousness to have a free play in the world. The rock that none has trod. People have gone to the highest levels. Where they have not gone? Into the nether mysteries of matter. This rock would stand a sentinel. The moment we take a physical body, it's such a pity that even if one has come from the higher planes, one forgets for a long time. It takes time to discover, rediscover. Years are gone by, so much time is wasted and Sri Aurobindo contemplates this in his last essays on Supramental Manifestation. Eventually, yes, something happens and we discover, but so much time has gone. It's a pity that we we'll begin to become aware of something uh, like uh, new consciousness when we are 25. Uh, by 50, we are done with our stupidities, hopefully, and feel, yes, yes, now we must walk the path. But by 75, we realize that it's already retirement age. It's a big pity. So little time. Why shouldn't it be that children from the very birth, in some way or the other, be conscious of this new consciousness? Of course, it will become more and more, it will express as the bodily instruments develop. And Sri contemplates this problem that the difficulty is dual, corporeal and psychological. Psychological, yes, we know about it. But corporeal, the very fact of taking a material birth, is a problem but hopefully no more and with passage of time no more so in olden traditions it used to be a big pain oh dying and coming back again now we can say well every time we come back it will be in a better and better body because this new consciousness is integrated in matter itself so with this maybe uh, I would like to close reading a prayer of the mother and then if there are some questions we can take that so it's clear in yes, July 6, 1914, What plenitude in the perception? The entire individual being, modest, humble, surrendered, adoring, calm and smiling, feeling one with all beings. Unable to make any difference of value. In perfect solidarity with all things, is kneeling down before thee, together with them all. How beautiful state it is. The path. Shurabinda the mother, she speaks of endurance, faith, smile, simplicity. Repeatedly Shurabinda says, be simple, be simple, be simple. Humility. People often ask when they come to this path that, like, what is the technique of meditation? We are glued and stuck with this meditation thing. And Mother at one place even says this. She says, and "Now, of course, we have added to the list of old meditation now there are chakra meditations, dancing meditations, hot yoga. You know, hot yoga we had heard. When I first heard about hot yoga, I thought it's some Bengali who has just you know reinvented hot yoga. Hot yoga." So he asked them, he said, no, 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 it's not a Bengali, it's Punjabi. I said, well, I can understand the word hot now, but what does it mean? So you have a steam and you do the yoga in that. So, you know, you feel hot. So It's hot yoga. Now, we don't have to get into all these things. These things are nice, beautiful, but they have outlived their purpose. So in ashram, we don't have a technically a meditation hall. And much later, when mother started collective meditation in the playground, she said, The problem is that even here Even among those who were Who are so called Developed and advanced Even they The moment they think of spirituality They think about meditation She said that's why I had to stop it Because it's a tendency to go back Into the old method "Ah, How many hours one can sit in meditation It's not important how many hours One is sitting or standing Horses can do standing meditation for many hours They don't realize the divine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they still have blinkers on the eyes It's being in contact With the thirst That's what she said This thirst This need And then even the extravagances Of an American youth are a path This thirst And then she said Do not cling All kinds of things Which will come in life And they will go But to remember the goal That is the path Is something very unprecedented And then just to remain simple Like a child And full of humility Because What we can have pride for It is only the divine Whose glory manifests in this world So look at mother With all her experiences She is kneeling down In perfect humility Carrying everyone in solidarity And at the same time The formidable omnipotence Of thy force which is here Ready for the manifestation Waiting Building the propitious hour The favorable opportunity, the incomparable splendor of thy victorious sovereignty. It is here, very close to us. Right in the subtle physical, right in matter. It just needs a little opening through whatever means. The force is here. Rejoice. What a cause for celebration. We celebrate all kinds of things. The birth of babies and in ashram there is a tradition when something happens they give a laddu or something so every time I have a laddu in nursing home I ask them Janam deen maran deen what day somebody has either died or somebody is born or somebody is married they they say we don't know the laddu has come so that's fine as far as we have the laddu it's okay but look at it a cause for rejoicing rejoice why? because the force is here Why are we worried? Why are we careworn, always carrying anxiety, loads, truckloads of things over our head? If we can just hand them over to the divine. Mother says to get rid of this ego of responsibility is the biggest challenge. So human beings, so difficult. The force is here. Rejoice. Oh, you who are waiting and hoping. The new manifestation is sure. The new manifestation is at hand, 1914. So obviously, much before. The force is here. All nature exults and sings in gladness. All nature is at a festival. We get to know much later because we are mentalized beings. Mother says it's so easy to see God in bird and beast, and but so difficult to see in human beings. So she had raised this question, and she says, because of this strong individualized ego which creates almost compels to separate from the divine. At one place, she says, human beings have tried very hard to separate from the divine, and then semi humorously she says, and well, they have succeeded. (laughs) They have succeeded. We try to, you know, there is the divine, there is me, me. So me and the divine. <laughs> this creates a big problem. So all nature exults and sinks in gladness. All nature is at a festival. The force is here. Nature responds. Flowers respond. Animals respond. The donkey that mother had seen from balcony darshan and called, that donkey responded to her force. When there was a race of donkeys, this donkey bodo stood And would not run when other donkeys have started. And all the sadhaks cheering him, Bodo run, Bodo run, run." And suddenly, somebody had a brilliant idea and invoked the mother's force. Suddenly, Bodo ran and came first. This is a real story. And this is another very interesting story about the donkey that people, uh, someone complained to Sherbindo that this donkey just, you know, runs and jumps around in the ashram. He doesn't do any work. But otherwise he's is very active But if you try to give him some work He will be like a lazy bone <laughs> And shirabindo is reported to have remarked Under his breath Typical sadhak <laughs> So donkeys respond Flowers responded They would come to mother Tree would come and say Mother help me They are going to cut me And we become big sadhaks big. We have to solve our problems ourselves And they would come She would say the animals They would respond But this mentalized being Called man Very difficult The inconscient has become in him Hard and rigid She said inconscient is easy To tackle with Because it's something formless But the inconscient in man Is very hard and rigid That's the experience Which she speaks about When she entered into The mental sphere of people That why they don't know About supermind It has descended Only five persons And some of them Not known Indubhai Patel Or um, poet Bendre Very few people know. Some experience they had that, you know, that something has happened. Amal Kiran, of course. So why they don't get to know? And then she discovered as she went down and down. And then she says this experience at the very bottom of the inconscient, I came across a spring. An almighty spring with the seeds of a new world which cast me up on the surface. So this is the difficulty with us. But nature is enjoying. Nature is already, you know, um, Happy, nature is exulting. Only sometimes it's too happy When it's too happy then there are You know chaos from our human point of view The force is here Arise and live Arise and be illumined Arise and be illuminated Arise and battle for the transfiguration of all The force is here so we'll close with this. It's thirty. If anything quickly or we can just close it with a quiet meditation, whatever. Yes. Uh, Pate, firstly, I don't understand the <laughs> None of us does. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is, you know, if we look at the world today and particularly the news channels and what we see uh. around what is happening around in the world, it seems to be a Okay. 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 So first is about the uh, not understanding the supermind, There is a wonderful stage. That means one is ready. Because the Aish Upanishad declares that avigyatam Vijanata, avigyatam Avijanata. He who knows it, knows it not. He who has the thought of it. And who has not the thought of it, his knows it. So that's a, that's to your credit. Now regarding the divine Leela in the world, uh, we know that <laughs> news channels... You see, this my take on it. Who are the people who will be, when they will no more be there, then we will know that the new world has come. One is, of course, politicians, policemen, uh, doctors. I'm sorry, but you know, we create so much fear. Lawyers, and I may add the media. Now, when this is not there, you can be sure that the new world has fully established itself. They are the bastions of falsehood. You look at now, now. but what is happening now? See, it's a twofold action. One is that all that was submerged, all that has now come to the surface. Take for instance the media, as you say, now recent events. Now we all knew that media has certain leanings. Now it has come so blatantly in the open that nobody can deny it. You have to make a choice and a stand and this side or that side and it will come in the open. Nothing can remain hidden. In the ashram context, Mother said something very interesting do not do something which you cannot do in front of everyone because nothing can remain hidden here it's so true this is happening as an action of truth that all that we was buried is coming up and naturally there is the clearing there is the you know dark things which come up but look at even that how in one action divine touches many points that's why it's an eagle vision take the latest event which happened in JNU. It has stirred many persons. But it has touched many, many idea forces in the world. It's not just one event. From nationalism and patriotism to, um, you know, free freedom of speech to politics to sedition to all these things have been touched simultaneously. So it's a very beautiful thing because, you know, things which we have glossed over or we just sat over for centuries, we have to now confront them and take a decisive stand within us. And whatever be the stand, doesn't matter. What counts is sincerity with which we do it. So this is what is happening at one. Second level, that it is definitely true that one thing which supermind will expel when mother was asked that what will it um, remove from the world? She said, Why should it remove anything? It will, you know, everything is included in it. But then she added perhaps the hypocrisy and the artificiality. We have to just see the children, and we will see that how these children, one thing they hate is hypocrisy and artificiality. And of course, there are many, many events which are taking place because thanks to the terrorists, the world is getting realigned and the boundaries redrawn. Could you have imagined America and Russia coming together in a common cause? At least, you know, Twenty years back, it would have been impossible, and all this realignment is taking place precisely because a new consciousness is active. Things are getting gravitated into a pocket. Doctors are very happy when there is, you know, look, localized cancer. So now, cancer is now a reverse process taking place. A generalized cancer is becoming localized, <laughs> so it's easy to remove. So we can discover these pockets and these pockets of resistances, the next step will be their annihilation. And this hardly any time, you know, just about 50 years, 60 years since the Supramental Advent. And as Mother said, thousands of years to go. But individually, we can go much, much, much faster because the individual goes much faster than the collectivity. So the take-home point for us is, let, as Sri says in one of the letters, that outside there are Hitler's and Mussolini's and Stalin's. Let's not focus on them. Let's focus on the wonder that is born in our hearts. I mean, I could go on much more on this whole subject of workshop, so I am just resisting myself. Yeah, just... Yes. 58. Here she says that all nature exalts She is identified with the Divine Mother But looking at nature is exulting, enjoying But still, while it is celebrating Still when the Divine brings that light It says I will take it my own time Because for nature, 10,000 years is nothing it, is, it knows that there is a new consciousness But it says that let it take a long time I want to continue my play for some more time It is like children when they are playing with you know uh, some toys and even if something nice has been cooked or something good prepared for them they don't want to leave and come. So what do mothers do? Mother come and start playing with the baby and in that process they will feed him. Then the baby says yummy. And he says ah nice. Then again he's playing. Then again she gives him another one. Mom very nice. Please make it again. <laughs> Now that's what mother did with nature at that point of time. Okay, so maybe we can close it here. I think you would all like me to on behalf of all of us so many people gathered here today we haven't seen this amphitheater so full before to say thank you to dr alok for being with us today for sharing this